Hallelujah. Let's give the praise to God for just a minute. I feel like tonight, like I've got the white flag of surrender. I don't have to do it anymore. I'm surrendering to the Lord. You know what the white flag of surrender means? It means you give up. Like that old song said, give up, give up, let Jesus take over. I'm ready to let Him take over, aren't y'all? If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, clap your hands one more time. Be found in Genesis uh, chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, verse 8 through 11. That'll be our focal point scripture. And also, you can if you want to, you don't have to. Find uh, Romans chapter 11, verses 17 through 22. But we'll start out with Genesis 8. I just want to just want to thank uh, Brother Stevenson for asking me to come thankful to God that in July of 2018, and I, I've never really said anything about it, and I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but I was hanging by a thread. God knew it, and the Lord began to, to intervene in our lives in, in Wallace Ridge, and God brought us a pastor. And, and I'm so thankful tonight that God brought this man to this church. I, I give double honor to you tonight. I thank God for you. You've already made a difference in my life. You're making a difference in this church's life. I'm excited about where God's already brought us. I'm excited about where He's taken us. I'm very excited about all that. He's been with us now going on three years because once you get past two, you're already into the third. So He's going on three years now. So are you glad we got a pastor that God sent us a pastor? And his family. They uprooted everything they had to come here to be with us. So I thank God for that tonight. And I give honor to you, the church tonight, Wallace Ridge. I've been with y'all going on 21 years. Y'all put up with me that long. So a lot of y'all know how I am. So I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. There's no church on planet earth like Wallace Ridge Pentecostal Church. So, let's read real quick. Y'all can sit down. We'll get going with this. Genesis Genesis chapter 8, verse 8. Also, he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her feet. And she returned unto him into the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth, and then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet other seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. We'll talk to us with this title, The Olive Leaf. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, God, anoint this word, Lord. Help me, Lord, right now, Father. Let not one word be spoke, God, that's not from heaven. And Lord, anoint your people to receive in Jesus' name. Y'all may be seated. 
as I began to, uh, I was head, I was going to work October the 27th. I was on an airplane, and the Lord gave me this message. So I wrote it down, I, I put it on my phone real quick. That's the way I do stuff. If I don't do that, I'll forget it. So about a week later, Brother Stevenson asked me if I would, would speak today, and I said, all right. I said, yes, sir, I sure will. And I already had a word, but then I began to pray. I said, God, is this what you want me to talk about today? And I thought, well, I'll get some time over here at work. I'll be able to slip off somewhere. I'll be able to pray a little bit more. I'll be able to read a little bit. And it didn't happen. We had one fire after another I was having to put out. Brother Butch knows how it is sometimes, and I'm covering three or four rigs and just having to go from one to the other to the other, and sometimes it seems like you're not getting nothing done. But I did get to listen to some programming, and they were talking about going into the world and making disciples. They were talking about the commission. They were talking about all of that. So the Lord, I began to get some confirmation that this is what God wanted me to do. And then I started, I was listening to the radio and I heard a few old hymns and I began to, to think about my salvation. That old hymn, At the Cross, At the Cross, Where I first saw the light And the burden of my heart rolled away It was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day that really got me to thinking about my salvation. And then Sister Joyce posted one of them old hymns on Facebook, or Spacebook as Brother Spanky calls it. That, uh, that old hymn, um, I know I've been sealed to the day of redemption. And then I just, I said, all right, Lord. I said, well, that's what you want me to talk about. But it wasn't just thinking about going home time. It was... God began to deal with me about what are you doing here? What are you doing now? It ain't just about going home time. Yeah, you've been saved. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But what are you doing now? What are you doing in the here and now? So I got to thinking about that. And, I, and the Lord began to show me what, he, what this title in these verses was about because I didn't have nothing. So remember the story of the flood. The story of the flood, and I'm not going to talk about anything that y'all don't already know about, but God said, go into there today and stir up their pure minds by way of remembrance. But remember what brought the flood on. The Bible said that sin was so great in the earth during that time, during the time of Noah, that it was just wickedness everywhere. The Bible said that the, the thoughts of man were... The imaginations of man were only continually wicked. And the scripture said that it repented God that he had made man. Now think about that. The God of heaven and earth, he said, I repent that I made man. It was, it was that bad. There was that much wickedness in the earth. But that's not the end of the story. There was a man named Noah. The Bible said he found grace in the sight of God. He found favor. In the eyes of God, thank God for grace and favor because God hadn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as I was thinking about that, 
in our day, in the day that we're living in now, in 2020, what's happening in our day now? Sin is abounding. It's, it's abounding. It's on a level that we've never seen before. Is there anybody that would disagree with that this morning or this evening? I don't think so. The wickedness that's going on, the backroom deals and the things that men do and 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 think and go beyond that. Look at the transgender, the, the men saying that they're women and women wanting to be men and you got providences and states and cities and localities and in the United States of America where they say it's okay for a baby to be born all the way outside of the mother and be aborted. That's wicked. But we know this. We know that the Bible said that where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. So the grace of God is what I want to focus on for a minute. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about this. and just I just want to share with you what God put on my heart. I'm going to be like one of them little Embraer 145s. I'm going to go up real quick. I'm going to go over real fast. And I'm going to come down real fast. I ain't going to aggravate y'all too much, but God hadn't changed. And He still has a people that find grace in His eyes. That's us. That's the church. So that's, so God's got something He wants us to do. And then you know the story. Y'all know the types and the shadows. Y'all know all that. What's the ark? The ark, type and shadow of the church. We know that the dove, type and shadow of the Holy Ghost. We know that uh, the olive leaf, type and shadow of the lost, and specifically type and shadow of the Gentiles. And God showed me this 20 years ago. And I know that this is what, and God may give a Bible scholar or theologian or somebody else may have a different take on it, but this is, this is what God showed me. And then I begin to think about it. And over in uh, Romans chapter 11, looking at that for a minute, if y'all got it, I'll, I'll just read it. Romans 11, starting with verse 17, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, that's us, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, the root, of course, being Jesus. He's the root and the offspring of David. He's the true vine. The Bible said if we were in him, we would bear much fruit. So we Gentiles have been grafted in to that original tree. Scripture in verse 18 said, Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. What he's saying right there is, is we were saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. The Scripture said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, so we don't have anything to boast about. He says, Thou wilt say then, if, if we were to boast, Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. And then Paul goes on, he says, Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. The Israelites, the children of Israel, they were broken off because of unbelief. They didn't believe who Jesus was when He came. He said, I came unto my own, and they received me not. 
So that's why they were broken off. And it says, And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. I got to thinking about that, that word fear. Then I got to going back over and thinking about Noah. All of that happened with Noah. And God told Noah to, to move and build an ark. But he didn't just tell him to build an ark. He gave him a blueprint. He gave him, he gave him the specific instructions. He gave him all the parameters. He didn't just say, okay, sin's abounding. Everything's bad. I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going to destroy mankind. Good luck. God didn't do that. He told him to build an ark, but he also gave him the plan. He gave him the blueprint. And the Bible said Noah moved with fear to the building of an ark, to the saving of his soul and the soul of his family, and to what was left of the animals in the earth. So he moved with fear. I got to praying about that. And the Lord, that, he, wasn't, he wasn't in fear of the wickedness. He wasn't in fear of the wicked people. That was the fear of God. He moved with the fear of God to the building of an ark, to the saving of his soul and his family's soul. See, the Proverbs 1.7 said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the kind of fear that Noah moved with that day. And that's the kind of fear that Paul was talking about when he said, Be not high-minded, but fear. He's not saying to, be, to fear what's coming on the earth right now. Don't fear it. Don't have that kind of fear. Jesus said not to fear man who is able to kill the body, but fear God who is able to kill the soul and send it into hell. So we're to fear God. So that's what he's talking about right here. Verse 21, For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward thee and me, goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. So, when you think about it, that verse of Scripture right there, and that, it just kind of does away with that once saved, always saved does away with it because it says that we can be cut off unless we continue. And I got to thinking about that. Okay, Lord, what's this got to do with the olive leaf? The Lord began to talk to me. There's some things that we got to do as a child of God, some things we have to do as a church to be able to combat unbelief. One of the first ones is to come to church. The Bible said, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together has, has become the manner of some. But assemble much more as you see the day approaching. We see the day approaching. The day is getting here. Paul said the night is far spent. We're nearer than when we first believed. So here we are. We've been in the church all this time. Think about the first seven days that the dove went out. The first time the dove went out, sorry, not seven days, but the first time the dove went out, he went out for a period of time, he went out looking, and he came back with nothing. I got to thinking about that. The second time he went out, he went out for seven days. 
Now, he came back into the ark, and he waited seven days. I'll get it right in a minute. Y'all forgive me. He came back into the ark the, the first time, and he waited seven days. Let me get untongue-tied here and make sure I get it right. He was in the ark seven days. Seven, we know that's the number of perfection. I said, God didn't just put that in there. God don't just, he don't just do things for no reason. That, there's something to that. Seven being the number of perfection, there's a reason why the dove came back in was inside the ark seven days. Number of perfection. God created the heavens and the earth in six days and he rested on the seventh. So after seven days, the Bible said Noah sent the dove back out. Notice God used a man. There was a man of God in the ark. So he sent the dove back out and after a period of time, after a period of labor, he came back in with an olive leaf. The second time he came back in with an olive leaf. So I got to thinking about that. Could it be that Wallace Ridge Pentecostal Church, maybe the church as a whole, maybe we've all these years we've been in this, we've went out, we've done all this labor, seemed like we ain't been getting a whole lot accomplished. It's not because we hadn't been trying. But we went out and we've done all this labor and not a whole lot happened. Maybe God's had us in this waiting period. Maybe we've been in this kind of like what it was in the ark. Maybe we've been in this waiting period where we've been, God's been preparing us, where God's been developing us, where he's been getting us ready for what he's going to do. Could it be that God's getting ready to to send us out, and now we're going to begin to see a harvest. I think so. That's what God began to show me. And the other thing that was kind of interesting about that scripture was the dove came back in at evening time. Evening time, I've, I've been listening to preachers for years, and they always say that the church is in, we're at evening time now because we've been so long, it's been so long since Jesus left, and now we've been over 2,000 years now in the New Testament and in the, the time of the Gentiles, now we're at evening time. I think God's getting ready to do something. Pastor was talking about uh, Wednesday night, if anybody remembers, he was talking about dedication, which is what we've been doing. All this time we've been doing all that, we've been dedicated, we've been working, we've been striving, we've been doing what God said to do. And now it's like we're going a step further with our consecration. Maybe maybe God's getting ready to, to, to do something during this time, during this hour. Maybe God's getting ready to, to begin bringing in that harvest. I know He is. He's already given us the Word. He's already given us the prophecy. He's already He's given us the Word and the Word of God. He said, if you then I will. So, the Scripture, so, I got to asking God, so what, what do we need to do? And He said, you got to combat unbelief. Because if unbelief comes in, then that can lead to the branches being cut off. So what do we do? Number one, come to church. 
Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Set under a pastor. The Bible said we have to have a pastor. We have to have the Word of God preached to us. The Scripture said, how will they be saved without a preacher? So we got to have a pastor. we got to be taught the Word of God. Jesus said when He does come back, He's going to be looking for a church that's been washed whiter than snow. So how does that happen? Well, it happens by the washing of the water of the Word. It happens by us coming to church, assembling together. It happens by us sitting under preaching, teaching. It happens by us being molded by the Word of God. It happens while the Word of God's being preached. We're being washed by the water of the Word. God's perfecting us. We're being perfected into the image of Jesus Christ. If we'll let ourselves be, we got to be willing to put ourselves on that altar whenever the Word's preached. And when, when God brings something to our mind during the preaching, the teaching, if God quickens something into our mind, we got to be willing to submit. we got to be willing to, to prune. And we got to be willing to cut off. And we got to be willing to, to work on the tree. And we got to be willing to work on the plant. So, I mean, that's how we're washed by the water of the Word. So I said, okay. But he said there's one more aspect of it. He said, go ye into all the world and do what? Make disciples. So that's a command. That's a commission. It's a commission, but it's also a command. You know, if baptism is a command, the, Bible, the Scripture said, baptism doth now save us. But he also said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and make disciples. I think that We've been through this process of waiting. I think we've been through this time of trying. I think we've been through all of this. And I think it's evening time. I think God's saying, I want you to, it's time to go out now and start plucking them olive leaves off and bringing them back into the ark. It's time to start bringing them back in. And you say, well, how am I going to do it? I'm not qualified. Yes, you are. Because the Bible said, look, it's not for us to know the seasons or the times, the places of God's power. It's not for us to know who He's going to save, when He's going to save, how He's going to save. Not for us to know that. But He said, it is for you to know that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to do what? To be a witness. All God's saying is, you're already qualified. If you've been born again, you're qualified. Just go into all the world and make disciples. He's teaching them to observe and to do. To observe and to do what? Believe in Jesus. Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. And you say, and look, some of y'all, here's what you're doing. You're, you're working. You're at your job. You're, uh, you go to the nursing home. You, you're around people. You, you're a homemaker. You, you go to the grocery store. Whatever. And there's people in your life that are around you. They see you. They talk to you. They're, they're, wherever you go. Jesus said, as you go, preach the gospel. Like what St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Paul said that we are an epistle, open and read by all men. So people are looking at you, and, and you ain't got to be perfect. God forbid, because y'all know I'm not. Everybody here knows me. I can be abrasive. I can get my mind thinking about something and, and I can be rude. 
If I've ever offended anybody in here, I'm sorry, I apologize to you. But it's time for us to begin to do that. And all you got to do is just live your life in front of them. Tell you a couple of stories. I was on a rig, I was assigned to a rig over in Midland. It's been a few years ago now. And I was uh, I was around some of these guys day in, day out. I got to know them. Brother Spanky, you know how it is out on the job. You get to know people, and then they get they start talking to you. They well that's what happened. One day the the driller he caught me by the arm, they was doing a rig move and we had a minute to talk and he grabbed me by the arm and he said he said, Hey, he said, uh he said, I know that you're a Christian. He said, I know that you're a Holy Ghost filled. He said, I'm a backslider. He said, I've been watching you. I've been paying attention to you. And he started opening up to me. This guy seen my flaws. He seen things that I wasn't doing right. He started opening up to me. He said, me and my wife were having problems. And I said, me and my wife have problems. He said, I got two older children. They're doing this. They're doing that. You know what? I laid hands on him. I prayed for him. He said, I'm going to get back in church. He said, it's time. Another time, I was with an executive. Had been around him for a little while. I was leaving. I was fixing to walk out the door. It was just me and him. He did the same thing. He said, hey. He said, he said I know you're a preacher. <laughs> I said, I ain't no preacher. He said, well, he said, I don't know. He said, but I know you got God in you. He grabbed me by the arm. He said, I need help. And I said, what's going on, man? And he just poured out to me. He just poured out to me. And he told me, he said, I know, he said, I know about the Bible. He said, I was taught the Bible. He was talking about things that was being done to him. It was, was hurting him. and So I just started talking to him. Same thing. I laid hands on him, prayed for him. Talked to him about the story about Daniel and the lion's den. Talked to him about the story with the three Hebrews. I said, hey, it don't matter what they do to you. It don't matter what people do to you. It does not matter. If you will bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you'll give your life to Him, if you'll obey the gospel, if you'll repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, God will give you the Holy Ghost and none of that's going to... They can't touch you. That's what you got to do. That's all you got to do. Judy was telling me about a. She was somewhere, and I don't know exactly when, and I don't go into all the details of this because I don't want somebody to log in here and think that I'm trying to talk about them, you know, but same kind of deal. They, after a while, they came up to her and they said, Look, they said, we know you go to church. Just want you to know that you're doing the right thing. You're doing what's right. Sometimes it's a struggle. Now think about that. You got a lost person encouraging a Holy Ghost filled person. I got to hurry up. We can do this. We can do this. The Bible said that He anointed us and He appointed us for this time. That's paraphrasing. But God, He put us in the earth for this time. We were born for this time. 
Psalm 139 said, While we were yet in our mother's womb, all of our days were planned. We're here for a reason. God wants us to reap this harvest. I'm telling you what I know. And I want you to feel the same weight that I felt. It's twofold though. It is twofold. I didn't have an olive branch or an olive leaf, so I had to, I had to improvise, Brother Darrell. But God told me, he said also, he said, listen, he said, being in an ark, he said, I bet over a period of time there was a few squabbles in that ark. And I thought, yeah, I bet it was. And then I got to thinking back, and I didn't write it down. God said, don't write it down, just talk about it. But I remember when I was a little kid, I remember reading the story and I can't remember, Brother Bowie, I bet he would know. It was either the Mayflower or it was one of them. It was Jamestown or Plymouth Rock or one of them. But they came all the way from England. They came from the mother country. And during that journey over here, they began to fuss and bicker. They began to fight. They began to argue. That's what happens. It's called being human. When that boat hit the land over there at Plymouth Rock or Jamestown or whichever one it was. They didn't get out of the boat. They fasted and prayed for three days. And they said, we have to have right relationship with each other. We have to be reconciled with each other. We cannot have anything amongst us or between us. I'm not saying anybody in here does. Okay, so that's, don't take it that way. But God, I'm just doing what God told me to do. Every now and then, sometimes we got to be willing to extend the olive leaf to our brother or sister in Christ. We got to be willing to humble ourselves. And we got to be willing. The Bible said we should love one another fervently. The scripture said that we should be pitiful to one another. The Bible said we should prefer one another. The Scripture said that we should, the love of God should be in us, but it also said that we can't say that we love God and we don't love our brethren. We have to love one another. They're watching us. You know, the Scripture said, how will they know you are my disciples if you have loved one for another? So I just want us to do something real quick. Just everybody, just close your eyes. Right where you're at, just close your eyes. And just begin to think about the lost people that's in your life. Begin, just start thinking about the people that you've been talking to, the people that you've been witnessing to, or the people that you've been praying for, or the people that you've just been living around. Just think about those people for a minute. Now I want you to think about your brothers and sisters in the Lord. I just want you to think for just a second. Is there anything I've done? Is there, can I extend the olive branch to this one? Can I do this? Can I do that? I'm not telling you what to do. You just think in your own mind. And I'm just going to turn it over to the pastor and I'm going to let him have it. I love y'all. Just let God touch you.